Welcome to High Heels in Politics, the podcast where we talk with the leaders of Ohio and beyond. And now, your host, Marianne Christie. High Heels in Politics guest today is a fearless leader who adopted a Buckeye heart. Lydia Mihalik came to the University of Finley from Indiana with a goal for herself. She was going to attend law school and then become a lobbyist. But while attending college, she worked as an intern at the city of Finley. Her plans changed. After graduating, she accepted a full-time job at Hancock County as the grant administrator. The city of Findlay is located in the county. Her success was a stepping stone to be elected Finley's first woman mayor in 2012. She inherited a $6.5 million budget deficit, and seven years later, this conservative leader, Finley, had a cash reserve. Mayor Mihalik often says, you can't be afraid to fail. Today, she serves as the director of the Ohio Department of Development. Her new position provides her with a platform to create jobs and build strong communities in Ohio. Welcome, Director Mihalik. As the first woman elected mayor, you developed a master plan for the development of the city, beautification of downtown, and controlling that crazy Blanchard River flooding. Share with the listeners about the challenges and rewards as mayor, as well as why did you decide to run for mayor? Well, thank you so much for having me on today. This is a great opportunity to be able to talk with you about the real great challenge and, and opportunity and successes to serve uh, in the public realm. Being able uh, to serve as mayor of the city of Findlay and, and really jumpstart my career in public service was the opportunity of a lifetime. The city of Findlay is a beautiful, beautiful community uh, in Northwest Ohio, and the chance to serve was really a chance to provide new leadership and direction uh, for, for the city of Findlay. We were certainly facing some interesting challenges as a micropolitan in the state. And quite frankly, I, I saw it as an opportunity uh, to be able to make a difference on a much larger scale. I had a lot of, of wins as a young professional during my tenure at Hancock County in the city of Findlay in grant writing, but uh, wanted to do uh, something different. One of the challenges really was we had so many opportunities, right? And the economy was a lot different uh, when, I, when I first started as mayor in the city of Findlay. But quite frankly, we worked together as a team, as I, I like to say. We got some infrastructure improvements done. We really created this environment that was conducive for investment. Got the opportunity to work uh, with some Fortune 30 companies, Fortune 50 companies like Marathon Petroleum and Cooper Tire and Whirlpool. They were starting to create some absolutely phenomenal jobs and opportunity uh, for the residents of the community. And we were really improving our neighbors' lives. And one thing led to another, and a few, le a few years later, Finley was the number one micropolitan for new and expanding uh, businesses. And then a few years later, we kept doing that over and over and over again. And, you know, life was just great. I loved uh, the opportunity to serve as mayor of the city of Finley. And then suddenly, Governor DeWine appointed you as the <laughs> director of the Department of Development. What is really the purpose of the department, and how does it function to provide support to businesses, and to communities 
to grow their economies. Well, you're right. Governor DeWine did ask me to join the team uh, with him and Lieutenant Governor Husted, and it's been a great opportunity to serve in a much bigger context, really. The Department of Development, our goal here is to really help empower uh, communities uh, to succeed. And we do that by providing that oversight and coordination of economic and community development throughout the state of Ohio. And we do that, quite frankly, mostly through small business development. Small businesses are the backbone of Ohio's economy. They employ a little more than 2.2 million Ohioans. So I'm sure you can understand the impact that has on our econ- in our economy. We have 24 small business development centers across the state that we help support, including 15 minority uh, business assistance centers and 10 procurement technical assistance centers, which really helps our small businesses and entrepreneurs go after government contracts, which is really important and really helps, again, fuel uh, the state's economy. These centers help provide one-on-one business counseling and assistance to people who are really looking to go out and achieve their version of the American dream, as Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Husted like to say, and help grow their businesses. And all of these things, all of these uh, services are provided to Ohioans at no cost, which is a real benefit to those individuals. We've recently introduced uh, two new programs to those entrepreneurs, and it's the Ohio Micro Loan Program and also one called the WBE Loan Program. Which the, help, wait, wait, what does WBE So it's spell Women's out? Business Enterprise uh, Loan Program. And one of the biggest challenges that our smaller entrepreneurs face is access to capital. And so Governor DeWine uh, knew that we needed to, we were listening uh, to these entrepreneurs. And Governor DeWine said, Lydia, we've got to figure out how to be helpful. And so we worked with our partners in the legislature and got $5 million each in these two programs. And we've been working really hard in the last budget. And so far, we've put $4.3 million uh, into the hands of these entrepreneurs to help 60 minority and women-owned businesses do what they need to do in order to help pursue and to pursue uh, their where dreams. Can these people, where can these people find this information? Well, what's great about it is that they can go to development.ohio.gov to learn more about not only those two programs, but all of the service offerings that we have here in the state of Ohio for people to do what they want to do and grow their own businesses. Interesting. Yeah. Now, what do you do to bring private and public partners together? You know, there's Jobs Ohio. Of course. How do you work with Jobs Ohio? That's a really great question. Well, as I like to say, economic development, it's a team sport. And so it takes a great resource like Jobs Ohio. It takes us here at the state working together and working collaboratively. And so we do that on a daily basis uh, with our friends and partners over at Jobs Ohio to help attract large businesses to our state. And I can tell you that the governor and lieutenant governor are very proud uh, to be able to to really showcase some great wins in our column. We've got Sherman Williams, which we've been able to help retain a great corporate presence there in Northeast Ohio, up in Cleveland. Just recently, we've had the announcement of Ford. They're going to be uh, in Avon Lake, building some new electric vans, some commercial vans. 
a little more than a billion dollars, I think $1.5 billion investment, some new jobs and some retention of existing jobs at that facility. And then, of course, Intel, the largest economic development project ever in the state of Ohio, $20 billion, 3,000 amazingly paid jobs, about $135,000 per job. Not only the largest economic development project in Ohio, but the largest ever in the Midwest. And quite frankly, all of this is happening here in our state due to the wonderful leadership of Governor DeWine, Lieutenant Governor Husted. We've got a predictable business climate. We've got a great, strong financial position. We're really standing out as you look across the country. And we also have Jobs Ohio. It really gives us that competitive advantage. Of course, they have their own source of funds, but there are times uh, when the state uh, needs to come in and help communities get prepared for these incredible opportunities. And when those state incentives are involved in a particular project, development oversees, oversees those incentives to ensure that companies follow through on those commitments, which, uh, of course, you know, is so important. You have overwhelmed me with this information about what the Department of <laughs> Development does. What scope does it benefit Ohioans in communities? Well, still to this day, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It is overwhelming. Like We have a really big charge here at development. And look, the governor is pressing us every day to do what we can to improve the overall quality of life. And what's great is that we have so many solutions here at development to be able to help not only businesses, but communities uh, to, to help improve the individual Ohioan. We do a lot of work with individuals to help them potentially get back on their feet if they need help with assistance. We're helping develop communities uh, to, to assist uh, to bring broadband and get uh, homes connected. We're helping redevelop brownfield sites. We're helping take down blighted properties uh, in communities that need it. We're just doing a lot, and it's just great uh, to be a part of this team. Do you want to expand a little bit on about Intel and its impact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So as I said, Intel is the largest economic development project that this state has ever seen. And again, the leadership of the governor and the lieutenant governor and really Team Ohio overall. The folks here in central Ohio have, have just done a wonderful job and really made it possible for Ohio to be able to compete and to be able to win. This public-private partnership is something that's really, that's really working uh, very well. Local and state officials really all, again, working together. As I said, economic development is a team sport. And we won uh, this project not because uh, we offered the largest incentives. We won because we had the best team and we worked with the company to be able to answer all of their questions, to be able to offer up the best state and the best environment uh, for Intel to be able to thrive. Again, $20 billion investment with the potential for more, 3,000 Intel jobs, 7,000 construction jobs, and tens of thousands of additional jobs that will come along with it, jobs that will support the growth of this particular project. And we're really excited about it. And, you know, one of the main things that's really important for this project to continue to grow exponentially 
is this passage of the CHIPS Act. Semiconductors are very important to our everyday lives. And America needs to, to be able to make more of them. We used to be a leader in the production of semiconductors as a country. And over time, they've gone offshore. They're being produced mainly in Asia. We've got to be able to reshore these. And we're going to do that here in Ohio. But in order to do it faster and to do more of it and to regain our national security, and to be able to do this in a dominant fashion, our Congress needs to pass the CHIPS Act. And I know that Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Husted have been in constant communication uh, with our leadership in Washington. And of course, Intel uh, has as well. But Intel is such a great and exciting project. All of Ohio uh, stands to benefit from this particular project. And that, quite frankly, is one of the most attractive things about this once-in-a-lifetime economic development project. Tell the listeners. Why these semiconductor chips are so important? What are they used for? Not everybody understands <laughs> yeah. uh, its use in the car or yeah. a, a cell phone. Yeah, well, but let's just give that information. That's you know. a great, that's a really good question. So, right, semiconductors are in the phones that we use that we're connected to every day. Semiconductor chips are in our cars, and, and they help run all of the great technology that's in our cars these days. Semiconductors are in our washing machines, right? Semiconductors are in everything that we use. And part of the supply chain disruption that we're seeing today, the reason why it's very difficult if someone wants to be able to buy a car these days or even go out and buy a new appliance, the reason why it's so hard to get them right now is because we don't have enough chips. And so this project is so vitally important to just the world economy in general. You know, I can't say enough about how big of a win this is, is not, not only for the state of Ohio, but for our country. This is all very interesting. But there's another area of Ohio that seems to be forgotten for many years by other leaders and that's the Appalachia region. What programs and initiative have you and the governor developed? Let's first say, what have you recognized has been the problem there to begin with? And then what direction you're going in? So over the last several years, the Appalachian region has been a priority uh, for this administration. And we recognize that there has been disinvestment in the region. They've had some real challenges uh, with regard to job loss and other things. And there's a whole host of reasons uh, for, for why that is. And what we wanted to do and what we had been looking at is what can we do to be able to invest and support uh, community growth and be able to support these communities and make them prime uh, for, for reinvestment and prime for economic growth uh, so that when companies are looking uh, to, to not only grow within the region, but when new companies are looking for places to put their dollar uh, and to bring new jobs to the state of Ohio, that the Appalachian region is a highlight and is top of mind for these businesses. And so in order to be able to get ready for that, the governor proposed a $500 million investment in the region. And this particular region, we're just really excited to be able to get these dollars out the door. We're going to be investing in downtown redevelopment so that the heart of these communities is ready for housing and ready for jobs and tourism, the tourism, tourism economy, excuse me. 
And we've really been doing this. This is very consistent with the administration, the governor's uh, vision uh, for the state. We've been doing this not only in the Appalachian region, but we've been doing this with our water and wastewater program. We committed $250 million to help communities replace and repair water and sewer systems. We've been doing this with our brownfield remediation program, $350 million to help clean up old sites uh, that had been left behind in the past across this, across this state. We have a building demolition and site revitalization program, $150 million. So as you can see, really helping communities clean up, get ready and prepared for investment and jobs uh, so that opportunity is abundant across the state. As the governor has said, this is Ohio's time. And he knows that our local communities are great partners in this effort. And the Appalachian region uh, is certainly no longer uh, going to be left behind. Well, one important thing was I think the pandemic showed uh, that the Appalachia region lacked broadband. Sure. When suddenly the children couldn't go to school mm-hmm. without broadband, how, you know, these children were supposed to get an education. Then you had health services, mm-hmm. all depending upon broadband. But I know this was an important thing for the governor. It was, absolutely. So right at the beginning of the administration, the governor set out a big goal, and that was to make sure that everyone in Ohio, every Ohioan, had access to broadband. Because in order to compete in the modern economy, you had to have access to high-speed internet. And we have about 300,000 homes in this state that did not have that opportunity. And so recently, we put $270 million in the budget to be able to help bridge that divide. And just as you said, that's not only, uh, you know, and during the pandemic, we did find out how vitally important that was. People couldn't work from home. People couldn't go to school. They couldn't participate in school. And they couldn't talk to their doctor from their kitchen table like others. And so this $270 million was to help with grant funding for projects in 31 counties. And by the way, most of those counties were in the Appalachian region. And the money went to to private companies in the private sector, private companies to be able to expand high-speed internet across the state. And that will actually bring uh, broadband and high-speed internet access to about 100,000 households. So we've closed the gap for about a third of those households, but certainly uh, we still have a ton of work to do. And we won't stop until uh, we've made sure that that everybody uh, has access. Another really important component was not just access to high-speed internet, but also affordability. And so a portion of the dollars that we have budgeted uh, for broadband is also around affordability. And so we want to make sure that people can also afford when they do afford broadband and when they actually have the opportunity to access it. We're working on a lot of things. The Broadband Ohio office is actually located within development. And so Peter Voderberg and his team, they work really, really hard. And we're moving with a, with a great sense of urgency because that's exactly what Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Husted uh, want us to do. And it's never fast enough, trust me, uh, <laughs> but we've made a lot of progress over the last several years. This has been one of the most exciting podcasts that I have done. (laughs) 
and finding out so much information <laughs> about benefits for Ohioans that you and the governor and his team and the lieutenant governor are working on. You and your family, your husband, have three children. We do. And live in Finley. Tell yeah. us a little bit, what is family life in Finley? And I want to throw in, what is your favorite meal for cooking? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, uh, I would say, you know, our, our lives are probably pretty much like, like most younger families. Right now, it's the summertime, and so we're running around doing travel baseball which my 16-year-old uh, is playing, and we're spending time by the pool uh, when we can. We do what we can. So they're, they're 16, 14, and 7. So lots of fun uh, to be had. In terms of, you know, what, what do I like to cook? You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas meals are my two favorite. I spend all day uh, preparing them, and it's probably the only time that I actually get to, to cook a big meal. But turkeys and, and roasts uh, and all the fixins uh, that come alongside them, but that's definitely uh, my two favorite times of year uh, to be able to prepare meals and to actually be able to sit down and have good conversation uh, and enjoy time around the table together. You certainly have achieved a great deal <laughs> in your young life to become the head of a major department mm -hmm. here in Ohio, a mother. So you're an inspiration for so many of the young women today because they question, can I have a career and yeah. a family? So you've made a difference and you've challenge the status quo. Share your thoughts. How do you define leadership, especially for young women like you? Because mm. here you are, still very young, and have achieved all this. Well, that's very kind of you. You know, I've had some great uh, inspiration along the way. You know, S Speaker Joanne Davidson is a, is a mentor and a friend, uh, and I absolutely love her dearly. And I learned a lot uh, from her throughout the years and had a great opportunity uh, to, to be able uh, to share some time with her. And there are a lot of great women that have, have done a lot uh, that uh, I've been able to learn from. But there's also been a lot of great men leaders uh, in our state as well. And quite frankly, uh, it's been wonderful uh, having an opportunity to be a part of the DeWine Husted team and a great time to be able uh, to be in leadership. And my, my, uh, my words of wisdom are this, be an inclusive leader and uh, bring people uh, with you along the way because uh, you need a good team. Uh, you can never do anything uh, on your own, right? You got to have Go good ahead. people uh, around you. And, and quite frankly, uh, recognize that uh, most everything you need uh, in order to be an effective leader, you already have uh, within you. And you just got to figure out how to summon that and, and bring it forward. And certainly, uh, there's no uh, substitute uh, for hard work. And uh, when you get an opportunity uh, to be able uh, to, to step up, don't be afraid to do it. Thank you so much to be able to share some time with you. This has been a lot of fun. How can uh, our listeners contact the department? <laughs> so we're, we're on the web, uh, development.ohio.gov, and we're also pretty active uh, on all of the social channels, Instagram uh, and Twitter. But uh, we've got a lot uh, out there uh, for, for folks uh, to learn, to learn more about what development's doing and, and how Governor Mike DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Husted are winning uh, for Ohio. Well, thank you so very much. This information provides an understanding, truly, on how it impacts the lives of people. Nobody really understands this. So I'm sure 
that your words of wisdom are an inspiration that Mm -hmm. will help the next generation of leaders. Again, Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you so much for your time. High Heels in Politics is produced by Marianne Christie and Ryan Kulik. Engineered by Ryan Kulik. Music by Sherrod Sate. Subscribe to High Heels in Politics on Google, Apple, Spotify, and all of your podcast networks.